Welcome to Media in the Mix, the only podcast produced and hosted by the School of Communication at American University. Join us as we create a safe space to explore topics and communication at the intersection of social justice, tech, innovation, and pop culture. Welcome back to Media in the Mix. Today we have Maggie Burnett Stogner, who was my documentary filmmaking professor when I was a grad student here at AU. She's also the executive director for the Center for Environmental Filmmaking, as well as a bunch of other things, which we will get into today, involved with AUSOC. So Maggie, thank you so much for being here. I feel like this is very full circle. I always say when I have my old professors on, it's just really nice to be able to sit down and talk to you about the things that you're up to. So Mm -hmm. for anybody that may not know, Mm -hmm. do you mind just giving us a little background about yourself, how you kind of got to AU and where you're at now? So how much time do we have? We have to, yeah. <laughs> Take your time. No, thank you. I'm, I'm actually just delighted and honored to be with you and to just see, you know, you were my student and look where you are now and you're doing all these great things thank and it's you. just really exciting. And um, and it, it brings me back to days when I got out of film school and, you know, I was a little lost, like, what am I going to do? And there were so many mentors that helped me navigate how to make films, how to navigate the business, you know, how to network. I was super shy and... Uh, you wouldn't know that so much now, <laughs> but I was super shy. <laughs> Pretty interesting. And, to learn. Yeah. and, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to um, really have those that kind of mentorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started doing independent films and working on as many different films as I could to get experience on different capacities. I love doing camera work, always have. I mm-hmm. love writing. But where I ended up initially was as an editor because I liked having that kind of longer um, contract of film to film right. over several months instead of day to day on a whole bunch of films. But, you know, it, eventually you kind of find what your strengths are and what works for a certain lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had kids, you know, that really made editing a, a very uh, good choice. Um, but eventually I got back to doing more camera work and being in the field more. And I ended up working at National Geographic mm-hmm. um, I thought it was just going to be a two-month contract, but they uh, invited me to stay on and come on their staff, and so I was there for almost 10 years, working mainly with the expedition um, and research and exploration Mm -hmm. um, films, which was just amazing. I mean, just met so many amazing people doing really interesting science and exploration in the field. That comes full circle because Mm -hmm. Sam Shalene, who graduated from our program mm-hmm. is now at the National Geographic wow. Society Story Lab. Okay. And uh, and he ended up being the videographer on their Everest expedition wow. where they were able to get ice cores at the highest elevation ever. Wow. Um, so yeah, so I was, wow. wow. So, yeah. you know, it, it really does come full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, when I left Geographic, um, the next thing I did was start Blue Bear Films, a production company. I really wanted to continue to work in um, in filmmaking that t- that for me made a difference in and not so much the reality TV, which was the trend. So I was very fortunate and ended up working on a lot of world touring museum exhibitions, and the King Tut exhibits and the. Um, ancient Greece, uh, ancient um, Arabia. Um, I did work with the Smithsonian. We did one with Lucasfilm called um, Indiana Jones and the Adventure of Archaeology about 
about the film clips and how archaeology is represented in those films and had all these props from the films. It was so cool. But then also real archaeology and what's really being done and to inspire young people to become archaeologists. So that that just gave me an opportunity to work a lot in the ancient civilization realm and um, and to work with a lot of different kinds of filmmaking. I mean, there were big screen films mm-hmm. and small and animations and interactives, and it just was a very different sandbox to play in. How do you how do you work alongside these amazing artifacts, right. and and how do you draw people back into a different time and place mm-hmm. three thousand years ago, using film, and you can do it really effectively. Mm-hmm. It's just a different style. Yeah. That's great. That actually kind of leads me into my next question, which um, can you tell us a little bit about the Center for Environmental Filmmaking, kind of the projects you work on? And then that'll kind of lead us into your most recent project, which we'll talk about. But um, can you just dive in a little bit more into kind of how we can use documentary as a catalyst for social change and to just kind of make people listen? Absolutely. I mean, I think documentary media generally is a very effective way to engage people, inspire them, mm-hmm. empower them, and really activate them. So that is a catalyst for change. Right. And whether you're doing it subtly, I, I think about the Afghan, um, ancient Afghanistan Silk Road project I worked on at a time when Afghanistan was just being really pilloried in the media. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just gave people a different sense of, oh, the history there yeah. and what it was in ancient times and how important it is to remember history. Mm-hmm. So even even through an educational, essentially art and archaeology museum yeah. exhibition, you can affect change. You broaden people's horizons. Mm-hmm. You can do things, which I've been doing much more uh, kind of on the nose, which is to draw people right into issues, really critical issues, right. climate crisis issues, environmental justice issues. Mm-hmm. And um, my current film, Upstream, Downriver, yes. which just launched and, and is having its world premiere with the DC Environmental Film Festival on yeah. March 21st. You know, that is really taking people into the world of communities across the United States mm-hmm. that are fighting for clean water for everyone, mm-hmm. for clean water justice, for clean water um, equity. And we know that the, the the neighborhoods, the communities that are most impacted by climate change are going to have the worst water issues. And, yeah. you know, there, there has not been equity. There have been tremendous strides made through the Clean Water Act regulations, but it hasn't been applied and enforced yeah. equitably. So this was the idea of, of not only bringing people into the worlds where people and communities are facing issues, it's also about... Um, helping people understand that through community leadership, through community activism, mm-hmm. we can make our voices heard. I mean, this really comes down to a very strong theme of democracy. Yeah. We, the people, mm-hmm. or the government. And if we can all come together yeah. and work around shared values of, of equitable, clean, healthy air, clean, healthy water, clean environments, you know, community ways to address our climate crisis, yeah. we can make change. Yes. Yeah, we actually talked about that a little bit on our last episode, this idea of if we all come together and are innovative and work together and collaborate, then a lot can be done versus just one person being like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, it's, Absolutely. it's just that, that force of people Absolutely. coming together is super, super powerful. And we feel disempowered. But then you see a film and, and you see these models that are working. Yes. You know, that, you know, are, are people coming together and really fighting and, and really, really showing strength. Mm-hmm. And 
and it's inspiring. It's like, wow, I can go do that in my neighborhood. Yeah. Or I can go be part of a group that's doing that in mm -hmm. my neighborhood. I mean, with Upstream Down Water, we have a number of different partners, American Rivers, the Clean Water for All Coalition, which has 80-some organizations, and the Water Keepers Alliance. And the Water Keepers Alliance has 300 organizations across the United States. So there's one probably yeah. near to where almost anybody lives right. that they can get involved with mm -hmm. to make sure that the, those watersheds, those waterways are, are being yep. kept safe, being kept clean. You know, they're, they're witnessing toxic, illegal toxic dumping and reporting it back to the water keeper. And that person can go forward with mm -hmm. lawsuits. I mean, it's really an effective organization. River Rally is another one. So there are many organizations out there. So when people see that in a film, the mm -hmm. film's only a half an hour long. But it has these models of stories that really show different ways of getting involved and different ways of, of achieving success through yeah. community involvement. Yeah. I remember in your class, you taught us a lot about you can put together a documentary, but what's your call to action? And yeah. what is the what is the mission behind it? What's the purpose behind it? So I've definitely taken that with me just in terms of any project I've done um, in terms of storytelling, because it's true. I mean, what is what is the change that can come out of this project? And I think that's always a good, a good one yeah, to remember. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't have to tell people we mm -hmm. just show it yeah we just show examples of it yeah that are really meaningful examples yeah you know with the center for environmental filmmaking i've been uh, i took it on i think about four years ago mm -hmm. and you know we have it's one of the few i should point out it's one of the few centers that has a program where students can focus on a graduate level in concentrations specifically on environmental and wildlife climate justice yeah. and um and so we get students that are already naturally kind of activist minded yeah love that <laughs> and and um but you know then it's how do you tell the stories and what kinds of stories engage different kinds of audiences mm -hmm. so we have a lot of programs where people come in and talk about their films and what they've done with their films and that kind of led me to the idea of well how can we really strategically understand impact yeah. and how to create intentional impact through mm -hmm. our films. So we started a project funded by HHMI Tangle Bank Studios mm -hmm. and it's been in the works for about three years now and we have a number of case studies. We did a deep dive into research with students um, as, as researchers. It's a great kind of research fellowship opportunity and we really looked at things like emotional tone what's your visionary goal? Mm -hmm. What do you really, you know, I love dreaming, so we've got to have a vision there, not just theory of change, but really, what's your visionary goal? What do you yeah. want your film to do? Yeah. And who can help you do that in terms of partners and audiences? And then how do you reach those audiences? And we have such a, I call it a messy media landscape, but really there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of new opportunities in this media landscape. Mm -hmm. So how can we go to where the viewers are. Right. We can't expect viewers anymore just to come to us. Mm -hmm. There's too much content out there. It's too hard to find. Right. So how can we go to the viewers? How can we engage those viewers that are going to get on board and really help make intentional impact? Mm -hmm. And so this is a research project. Our website is www.cefimpactmedia.org. Mm -hmm. And, and we'll we, include that in the description as well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, because it's got a great blog. You know, we try to give people different entry points. So there's yeah. the website, a lot of case studies. Mm -hmm. So you can actually read through how different films have done different things. We've partnered with Jackson Wild. Okay. I'm a, a reviewer for the Impact Campaign finalists. Um, and then I do interviews with the filmmakers. So mm -hmm. we have the filmmaker conversations. Yeah. And then we have our new blog, Storytelling for Impact on Medium. Wow. And so... 
there are different ways that people can access yeah. information and and just you know different methods it's it's growing it's evolving as a field of understanding how do we do this and yeah. there's no one right way in fact there are many 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 right ways and so it's just then yeah. informing ourselves about oh this technique might work or mm-hmm. that approach might work or how can we be creative about the impact that we create right. from the very beginning of our filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, because I know we have a lot of advancing technology mm-hmm. um, at AU, so can you give us an insight into how we can be a little bit more immersive nowadays just in terms of advancing technology? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's different ways of reaching people, mm-hmm. and we really are on just the the very beginning stages yeah. of some very interesting new yeah. technologies. So there's augmented reality mm-hmm. and there's virtual reality and there's interactivity. So it's really about getting people to be more engaged. Yeah. You know, curiosity is a great emotion to play with. Mm-hmm. So hooking viewers or hooking users on curiosity. Yeah. What is that question? Mm-hmm. Where is that going to question? Where is that question going to lead to the next question? Right. So we have a game center here that we mm-hmm. work with. It's part of Film and Media Arts. Yes. We have the structure of a volumetric studio, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, a way to create immersive media that has... Um, well, let me put it in layman's term because it, it can get very techy. But I'm, on the other hand, it's not. You walk into a room with goggles. You actually see other people in the room. Uh-huh. And you can move around and have an experience because wow. you see this scene all around you. But mm-hmm. it's a shared social experience. Right. So you're not just sitting in a chair all by yourself yeah. having this solo experience in your Barco lounger. Right. <laughs> you're actually in a room and you're having a shared experience. Mm-hmm. And there's a one beautiful one called A Drop in the Ocean that was um, done by Conservation International and the Jacques Cousteau Society. Oh, wow. And it held six people in a room. And so you could see each other. You were in diving suits. Yeah. You go down into the water. And there's sea creatures all around you. And wow. as you reach out to them, they move around you. Oh. So there's motion sensor. That's very cool. And it sticks with you. Yeah. I mean, you feel like you're part of this. And yeah. it had a story and a narrative. And all of a sudden, things get dark. And you realize there's all this plastic. Wow. And you see all these poor animals tangled up in the plastic, the, yep. the sea turtles. And there's some narration. and But the music and the power and the visceral you know, just emotional connection yeah. in that immersive experience mm-hmm. was, I, I still feel it. And that I've, I've went, I had that experience in 2019 at Jackson Wild. Wow. I still feel it. Yeah. So we have a, a lot of opportunity going yeah. forward with new technologies. And that's so powerful because it's sometimes the things you don't even think about that you then put yourself in the situation and it mm-hmm. kind of just changes your mind. It's it does. Like, it's that it's really, really simple, but not idea that you know you sometimes you just don't know unless you can see it or unless you can experience it that's so exactly it's right a good way to do that and it's another way of really um looking at media as catalyst yeah. because you come out of an experience like yes. that just as you come out of a film mm-hmm. just hungry to do something yeah and you know that's that's really critical and again that something might be as simple as talking to your neighbor who thinks very differently than you do. True. But maybe then you saw a model about shared values. Yeah. And, oh, it's not political. It's nonpartisan. When we look at our climate crisis, maybe it's about shared values. And we want a good world, a a healthy world for our children. Right. So, you know, there's different ways to think about what that catalyst is. It's great. 
And that leads us into um, the experiential learning programs that our students get. So can you talk us through a little bit of, and I'll name a few, the um, National Park Service Fellowships. We've got uh, archival storytelling with Nat Geo, Mm -hmm. which is very cool. I know we were diving deep into that the other day. Classroom in the Wilds. And then we have internships with NASA and NOAA, which is the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, which is so cool. So can you just walk us through a few of those for any of our students listening? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited about this because we just keep growing it and growing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the center's been around since 2005, and we've had great partnerships with NASA and NOAA from the very beginning. And I think there's such a strong opportunity to look at science communication and how can we do short-form and long-form mm-hmm. media that really engages people in science. And so with NOAA, we've had, we have several alum, um, Nick Zacker is still out there doing underwater 3D awesome. cinematography <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with Noah. Don't know how he does that, but it's amazing. Kudos. And uh, uh, Shannon Shickles was out there for a while, and now she's yeah. over at Curiosity Street. She was in my cohort. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then NASA has a really great summer um, internship and fellowships, mm. and wow. it's been interesting to see grad student after grad student yeah. start with that internship and then they go on to a fellowship and yeah. now they're staff at NASA That's so and cool. you know I there's one student that was working she got hired on as staff she's working in this immersive studio with like 10k sun flare wow. solar flare yeah experiences where you walk in and it's like you're on the sun experiencing solar flares so without, cool. the yeah. <laughs> without, without the heat yeah without the heat without the heat but right now um we have emmy watkins mm-hmm. who's working um with nasa on her thesis film project wow this is so cool they're about to launch a new satellite mm-hmm. that will help track alga blooms wow. toxic alga blooms okay. around the globe and wow. this is increasing because of rising water temperatures yeah. And things like um, fertilizer and pesticide runoff mm-hmm. into the water. And so she's making a film. Um, so we meet with her advisors, which are like five to six people from NASA. From NASA. I was going to say, that must be <laughs> an interesting <laughs> meeting. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Which is like, it doesn't happen and every then, day. you know, how do you translate that kind of science into something that audiences will care about yeah. and have some kind of understanding of why it's important? Why mm-hmm. is this relevant? Yeah. So these are tremendous experiences. So, and then we have Classroom in the Wild yes, with Larry one. Engel, mm-hmm. who leads that. And then Archival Storytelling with National Geographic Society is something that was in the works. I, I've been trying to launch that course for a number of years, but um, that that group is now in the education division. Okay. And that really opened up the, the path forward to do some great work with them. Yeah. So we have a three-credit course mm-hmm. um, that students can do, and they are working with archive that's recently digitized of older expeditions right. and exploration that has rarely been seen outside of that building. I was going to say, so this is actual Nat Geo archival yeah. footage that has been digitized. And yeah. that is digitized. It's in their cold vault. And it's that is what the students get to work with. Old film footage of expeditions so cool. from around the world. Yeah. You know, so that is really exciting. Yeah. And then they get to work with some of those scientists. They work with the archivists. They learn how to do wow. storytelling through archive, which is a growing field mm-hmm. um, because many, many, many libraries are now being, or, you know, just footage generally is being digitized. Yeah. And so we're, we we have lots of storytelling opportunities yeah. with that. And then we have, um, you know, things like uh, just being able to work on the research um, opportunities uh, with the impact research. Mm-hmm. And then... 
the films, Unbreathable, which came out in 2020, yep. and now Upstream, Downriver. I reach out to as many students as possible to work with me on those films, great. as well as alum yeah. across the country. Yeah. So when we talk about green filmmaking and having a low-carbon footprint, yeah. I know who to call. Right. I know that Stephen Tregali mm-hmm. is a great cinematographer in Los Angeles, right. and, he, and an alum from our program. And I know that I can reach out to him. And yeah. there are people now, you know, we, we have students really all over the place. So it's been really fun to reconnect. And something I noticed is that when I bring films on, when I bring students on shoots mm-hmm. and I hire alum as a professional cinematographer yeah. or sound person, they end up mentoring the students that I'm bringing on the shoots. Yeah. So it really is full circle. It's full circle. Yeah. Everyone's giving back. It's like, it starts with Maggie and then it's everyone <laughs> else giving back. Well, it starts well, with community. Yeah. And I, that's something I talk a lot about in my classes is yeah. if, if you're interested in going into documentary, it's super important to have not just a network, but a community. A community. We yeah. have to do this together to support each other right. because it's not necessarily the easiest field in the world. No, it's not. <laughs> and so we really, but that community is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. And if the students want to learn about these experiential programs, can they go on the Center for Environmental Filmmaking website and yes. find out? Okay. Just yes. so they everyone can knows. can find yeah. out about everything on there. You'll see different opportunities um, in the left-hand menu. But yeah, just go to go to CEF's website. I, shorthand is environmentalfilm.org. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have a lot. We have Instagram. So please follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Yeah. And you'll see different things that are going on constantly. We have a lot of programs um, and we encourage students and alum to come to all of them. I mean, it's some are, are virtual, but now we're back in person. Yeah, I was going to say, now we're slowly getting back. back. Yeah, it's good <laughs> so, to be back, yeah. especially in the filmmaking really world. Really great, really great. So I wanted to ask you one just quick follow-up that I thought back to after your first answer. Is there anything in this industry that you've tried that you were like, never again? I absolutely don't think I'm going to go down that path. Because I know we talk a lot about like, I did this and it stuck with me, but is there anything that... You were like, oh, I tried this, and no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and <laughs> and without sounding too negative, because you know me, I'm a pretty positive person. But one of the reasons I left Nat Geo, and it wasn't just Nat Geo doing this, but things shifted to reality TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a reality TV fan. Gotcha. And I, there are certain kinds that are more educational that mm-hmm. are fine, but... The type of reality TV that is really based on dissing people, on making people look bad, on putting people down, uh, that are just largely negative, you will not find me in that space. Yeah. Not doing it. Yep. Life is too short. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, issues, I think, now with reality TV, actually. That might need a whole nother podcast episode to dive into. (laughs) Really, because, you know, doing character-driven films is about letting the, you know, really providing a platform and and, and letting that character, we call, you know, we might say participant now, tell their story. Tell their story, right. Instead of the host telling generally a negative story about that person that's the problem the narrative always shifts there so yeah and so yeah when you kind of give that participant the opportunity to tell their own story you feel that genuine side it is it's authentic it's genuine you know you get to know them as a person they get to know you you build that trust and then they share their story with you and then you share the story with you know whatever audiences um, might be interested and and might really be inspired by it 
That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering that question. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so that brings us to our last question. Speaking of alumni and community and engagement, how can our alumni, if they've graduated from cohorts, how can they stay connected to not just, you know, their classmates, but staff, faculty, whoever they may have worked with? Um, is there a way to keep kind of everyone engaged, do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Several ways. So one is sign up for our newsletter. You can go on the environmental film, the CEF website and sign up for our newsletter. Okay. And we love to put alumni news and successes in yeah. the newsletter, but also it's all sorts of upcoming events as well as resources and jobs and opportunities. So, um, and uh, Katie Grossman, who's a, a third year MFA student, mm -hmm. just does a wonderful job putting it together. So that's one way, because okay. that way you'll just stay in touch with the different things that are going on with yeah. the center. But you can always reach out to us if you wanna do a program, if you'd like to share, even in a classroom or, or be part of an event, or you have a film you'd like to screen, you know, reach out. I'm Stogner at American.edu. Happy to hear from alum anytime. Awesome. Um, and then we do have social media. We have a Facebook site. We have an Instagram site. Instagram site. So Facebook, Instagram. I don't think I think we're not doing anything on Twitter right now. Okay. Um, but those two are, are the main ones. And then there's mm -hmm. some Facebook groups. There's a Facebook uh, film and media arts alum oh, amazing. group. Okay. So Perfect. yeah, so look for those opportunities as Great. well. Thank you yeah. so much. That's very helpful. Beautiful. All right. I think that concludes Media in the Mix. Thank you so much, Maggie, for Thank coming you. on. Thank you. This, this was, was such, such a pleasure. Oh, such a pleasure and, and a delight. I appreciate <laughs> really. it. Thank you. Mm. Uh, and if you want to listen to this podcast, uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are a video podcast now on Spotify, which is exciting. Um, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to donate to AUSOC, go to giving.american.edu to donate now. And that's a wrap.